0: And today is the first time that you will ever hear me and Moritz together on a podcast. We just came back from one week in Greece, we were on a beautiful island, and we recorded our first ever video together, which you can see on youtubecom trade society. And the audio of this video you will find now. We talk about money, drawdowns, success, trading emotions, trading psychology, our early experiences as traders. And those are, and uh, well, I asked Moritz four surprise questions, he asked me four surprise questions, and the answers are now in this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, back again. Um, we are doing a new format, and this is not tested, and we didn't brief each other, so I prepared four questions, Moritz prepared four questions, and we will just ask the other one and see what comes out to us. I promise I won't cut anything, so it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Um, can I start? Sure, sure. Okay, so let's start with an easy question. Um, how do you cope with drawdowns? Do you have any special things that you do? Any special yeah activities or something that helps you?
1: Yeah, usually when I like so firstly when I open a trade, that's the first part. I will not look at it very often and then go to the gym or so. So That's the first part. So even when I'm in a drawdown, I try not to psychologically be pressured so I can um, not interfere with the trade, even if I'm in a drawdown. And if I'm in a huge drawdown, say, um, for me, a huge drawdown is anything more than 10%. That hasn't happened for quite some time, actually. I can't remember the last time I had a drawdown bigger than 10 trades. But if that were to happen, like if I'm going into five, six percent drawdown, what I usually do is that I go over my journal and I uh, see what works, what doesn't, and what worked in the past. And that, that as long as I'm statistically still inside the boundaries of my strategy, I am totally fine. As long as I have it in the statistics. Like as soon as the numbers don't back me up anymore, I will be in trouble. But that didn't happen for a very long time.
0: <laughs> so you check how, how many losing trades in a row you had in the past? Or yeah, no.
1: for example. Yeah. Or what is mathematically possible with my uh, win rate, for example. Yeah. And then uh, as long as I don't go far beyond what the worst, what that has ever happened to me, um, not a lot pressures me. No. No.
0: So like in a simulation, you yeah. would check what, what's likely or what's possible? Yeah, oh, okay.
1: exactly. Just uh, yeah, you can do it in Ashwong. <laughs> yeah, all, <laughs> one of our great features.
0: Outside of Ashwong, yeah. Monte Carlo, we don't have that, but it's good too.
1: Yes, would be a great idea though to have it in Ashwong. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let me ask you. Uh, yeah, what what would you do without trading?
0: <laughs> That's easy, I think. All right. Um, I would. So. I would do. I would do websites. Quite honestly, I would do. Because that's actually, um, yeah, my mom and my, my parents, I think they thought I was kind of a weird kid because I didn't care about much when I was like around 12, 13, 14, yeah, same for me. 15. <laughs> I was um, doing webs- I there was a very crude websites and um, I only cared about making money, even that sounds maybe weird, but I really remember the first, I had some weird websites don't need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> times were different back then, um, and yeah, I remember the first time I got a check in the mail from Google AdWords. I think it was only one one euro something, but I was so excited that you could actually make money and in the internet, and then you get it in your real bank account. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a kind of a problem because I didn't have my own bank account. So I had to ask my parents if they could cash the cheque. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's what I would do. Um, that's why I still love doing TradeSighty and Edgeronk and so many other things. So yeah, that's why only, tra- the gold is coming back. Um, why I can't only do trading now as well. Um, it, would, it would really freak me out just to do one thing. Uh, I just love to see the website grow and see something come out from it. Also, of course, trading is l- quite lonely, and honestly, I like the. It sounds weird, but the fame that comes with it, or just the recognition that you're building something which you don't have in trading, so that uh, that's what I I would do.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're trading for yourself, you don't have to. But if you are creating a fund, for example, you can still gain a lot of fame. If yeah. You're, if you are the next Ray Dalio or so. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> uh, that's yeah. But yeah. I I like to. What I also like about that you have trading and you have this and that and this mm. is that you keep challenging yourself, you keep growing. Um, yeah, you just have different areas of, of expertise. That's what I really enjoy. Mm. Cool, cool. Okay, let's... Uh, ah, I like this one. When do you trade at your best? Uh, because trading is quite... Uh, after some time, you you got your rules down and everything. So then what separates the the pro from the not so pro is what happens in your in your mindset i i believe that so is there some things you do differently things you do to prepare yourself or is there anything i think
1: for me like that's that's the point <coughs> like if i teach someone my strategy they still won't have the same results as me because i cannot teach them my process or if they follow exactly my process they won't be as it won't be as efficient for them as it will be for me because everyone ticks completely differently. So what I do usually when, I'm, when I don't feel like trading is I just don't trade and I will play video games. Or I, I can, I, I really learned to listen to myself. I can even feel it physically. I get some pressure behind the, the temples here when I, <laughs> I feel too stressed and then I just don't trade, which is like a super awesome indicator. To have physically because a lot of people that cannot listen to their um, to their brain or to their mind talking to them because we forgot how to do that a long time ago but uh, yeah for me the like the biggest edge i have in my process is being lazy for example i go for a walk my doctor told me i have to go for more walks actually <laughs> to de-stress and uh, yeah i go for walks or i I watch Netflix or I, I do something completely unrelated to work and um, just get my energy back and then I go back to the charts. And I don't care though if during that time I miss a trade or two or whatever because my performance is the conglomerate of everything I do. For me as a trader, it means trading. Trading is a lifestyle, right? It means how much stress you have, what you eat, what you exercise, what you do in your free time, everything goes into your performance. So if you don't want to trade because you don't feel like it, then just don't trade.
0: But do you think it's different for a trader who doesn't have money? Should he not do that? Should he always try to trade or do you think it depends a little bit on the account size or is it just something that,
1: yeah? I mean, it definitely becomes easier if you have a bigger account, to tell yourself, I don't have to trade today because I'm already up 3% this month or 4%. And that's a lot of money. If you are trading a $1,000 account, then that's $30. That's not going to help you much. So in the beginning, when I was growing my account, I was uh, as a day trader, I was trading a lot. I even forced myself to also as a poker player. I used to force myself to play and that can go okay for a while. You can even make money when you are on your B or your C game. And a lot of people advocate to improve your B and C game, so you can always grind. But for me, I only, only want to grind when I'm on my A game. And when I'm B or C, I just don't. And so the answer for me was to have more money so I can only trade when I really feel like
0: trading. So it's just a matter of time, I guess. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you get a pass. All <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Okay, so um, yeah, how did your family react when you told them that you are going to uh, give up your, your
0: job and travel around the world
1: and start trading?
0: Um, so there's a tip. Don't tell your parents that you quit your job, <laughs> sold everything you had before you do it. Do it first and then tell them because then you there's no way back. They, they cannot discourage you. So yeah, I just finished my university. I was working a little bit, mm. um, and then I said, okay, that's not what I want to do for the next 30, 40 years. Um, and by that time, I was very lucky that I started trading uh, pretty much first day of university. So I had um, six years of experience already when I uh, finished my university. Right. Uh, so that helped a lot. Um, don't. <laughs> don't buy, uh, don't sell everything you have, uh, and become a trader if you only have one month of experience. You really need to to back this up. Um, if you don't have the results, uh, don't do it. But if you do it, um, yeah. And for me, it's always everything that I do is always a matter of of betting on myself. Mm. Um, everything I do, I always believe that okay, if I just put in enough work, um, give it my all then there's a good chance that I will make it. And over the years I've come to to realize that in German we have this this saying that everybody's just cooking with water, which means that (laughs) the uh, the other people, they don't know more than you, basically. Um, Everybody is just figuring out as uh, as they go. So that's really a good realization to have that. You are not um, not really that much behind. Put in the work, that's the number one. Uh, don't just quit it, and don't just have this romantic idea of becoming a trader. Um, have a few years of experience, and then you might have a realistic shot. Even, but there will be people after five years they don't have the results, and then even if you have five years of experience, uh, don't don't do it. But if you have re- results and you have experience, <clears throat> bet on yourself, and good things might happen or not. But at least you know afterwards, and there are no regrets. That's what I. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, so your parents thought you were crazy, basically.
0: Yeah, they. Yeah, it was something <laughs> around those lines. Yeah. <laughs> but I had my ticket to Asia, one way. That's uh, good. I didn't have anything else. Uh, I sold my car, apartment, everything. I only had a little suitcase. So there was not too much they could do about it, and mm. that helped.
1: Uh, same for me. Same yep. for me. I just told them like, oh, I just quit, and they were like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do now. So, okay. Then we can't do anything about it.:
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, we said it in the, in the previous video also I think, yeah, if you don't have super successful parents, if your parents are not like Elon Musk or Warren Buffett, they probably won't understand uh, the big mindset and the big, the big dreams and the big visions that you might have. So listening to them is often not the the right, uh, the right idea because they just they can't help you to get to where you want to go, so that's uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah, all right, next one. Mm -hmm. That's fun. If you want us to do this again, by the way. um, Send us some questions. Yeah, send us some questions, then we can do that too. Give us a like or just say you don't like it, stop it. (laughs) All right, Um, what was the thing that cost you the most in the beginning of your trading? Um, Usually the traders have like one or two, for me it was like that, one or two things that really messed everything up. And how did you overcome it? (laughs)
1: Alright, so the first time I busted my account, when um, that was very painful because I thought like, I had backtested the strategy and I thought it worked but the truth was that I had backtested the strategy so much on the data I had that I subconsciously remembered all the good trades right? and I somehow avoided all the bad trades. So. <laughs> And then when I went live, uh, actually I went live with another friend together. He put up 500 US, I put up 500 US, we had this account together. He was trading the night session, I was trading the day session. And uh, then like one of our rules was only enter at the end of the hour, when the candle closed. And it was like 58 minutes into the hour and it looked perfect. And I entered and in the last two minutes the trade completely messed up. (laughs) and ran into our, our stop loss. And our stop loss obviously was uh, 200 pips and our whole bankroll. So we were trading with like a um, massive win rate. And if you lose once, you're busted, basically. Like, okay. I and mean, we, yeah, it's like it worked great in backtesting. But then, <laughs> that was the first time which was like, okay, first you have to stick to your rules to your risk management. And then the second time- So, but
0: basically you first overfit the strategy yeah, and then exactly. you broke your rules too. yeah exactly yes, very that's smart right. yeah. <laughs> just to <the> make
1: clear <laughs> <laughs> and then the second time that was actually yeah, it was funny and not so funny at the same time I was in China 2000 when was it 2012 or 11 or so and anyway I uh, went into a Euro-Yen um, trade in the morning in Ch- Chinese time and I didn't set a stop loss because i really had to pee so i said like, okay i'm gonna set the stop loss when i come back i came back and i was broke why <laughs> because fukushima happened oh wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah so it just completely busted my whole bankroll in one in, in one minute or so, so yeah talking about black swans yeah horrible man yeah. so that's when i learned about okay i always set a stop loss as soon as you open the trade and never underestimate the power of black swans which yeah. Can completely ruin your trading career. Yeah. and
0: yeah. even with the Black Swan, sometimes the stop won't get triggered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the risk of trading, and yeah, it's a it's a real risk.
1: Yeah. So since then, I use uh, wider stops, less leverage, almost no leverage, and so on, so because like the less leverage you use, even if your stop doesn't get triggered, the chances that your whole bankroll goes bust is still very uh, like low. And uh, also, I don't have all my money with the broker, so even if it goes into the minus, I uh, don't, like, they have this uh, exit protection, so you don't have to pay them if your account goes into minus and so on. So since then, I have done a lot of things which I should have done in the beginning already, but you only learn with experience, right? And you don't always listen to other people that already experienced that stuff before you. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's a good study. That was horrible, man. I didn't even know that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Why no trend following for you? You are exclusively a reversal trader, as I know.
0: Yeah. So I've come to realize that those are just labels in the end and um, even though I, I used to call myself a reversal trader, it sounds also much, much more, much cooler. Um, the fact there is that every trend usually starts with a reversal. So you have a one trend, you have a period of consolidation, market tops, and then you have a new trend. And trend following really focuses. Uh, tra- reversal trading focuses on those those transition points. And reversal trading doesn't mean what people most think is reversal trading is like uh, you buy or you sell as as long as the market is still going up and you try to catch the top. That's not really what reversal trading is. Reversal trading is nowadays I call it like very early trend following Mm. because in the end, that's what you do. Um, You don't try to catch the absolute top or the absolute bottom, but you try to get in as close to the turning points as possible while still not getting in this mindset of trying to catch the falling knife, um, yeah. So reversal trading, how I have redefined it, is kind of early trend falling, but it's also it's also breakout trading because mm. new trends usually start after a consolidation, and then you have the breakout point. A head and shoulders, for example, is a, a certain type of a consolidation, and then the breakout point is what you trade as a reversal trader, but it's also the enter the the, the beginning of a new trend often. Or a sideways range, a triple top, um, even wedges and triangles—they are all consolidations. Uh, they often happen after long trends, and when they break out, that's what I what's what's I uh, what I like to trade. So it's early reversal trading is just a, a label. Uh, don't get caught up with this. It's more for me now a mix between breakout and very early trend following trading. All yeah. right.
1: So it just makes more sense to you also as a trader, like. Yeah, buying the dips was never a thing you wanted to do, or trading the retests.
0: I do trade the retests when they happen at the very very beginning. Um, when I first started, I had. I was trading a complete trend following system, but yeah. I always felt that I was I was too late because you had to wait for certain things to happen. The market had to move already a certain uh, amount, uh, one or two trend waves, and then always I always felt that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if this is co- if this is a, like a itchy trigger finger where I just couldn't sit on my hands long enough. Reversal trading still has that, but as a trend following trader, I always felt that okay, the market was already moving up. I couldn't get in, and then I was yeah, I was I was too emotional and too impatient for that. And I always felt that I was getting too little of the the trend when I was doing the the mature or late trend following.
1: All right. So. For me it's quite interesting because I was always a trend follower <laughs> on the smaller time frames as a day trader, but then after I proofread the book you wrote and I got more and more into your strategy then so i I realized that if I look at your reversal setups on the four hour time frame and then I go down to the five minute time frame and time it as a trend trade on the lower time frame because a <laughs> a um like a single move on a higher time frame is a trend on a lower time frame that's just how markets work and then it was uh so i was suddenly now becoming a reversal swing slash day trader it was super weird but it made a lot of um improvements to my trading so yeah basically don't get caught up in those uh, labels
0: yeah label thinking is very 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 dangerous yeah All right, Cool. okay i think one more <laughs> okay. Um, when traders talk about trading systems, often they make the thing or well, I make it. Um, I differentiate between high and low win rate systems because that's also very, very big, um, like factor of a trading system, and it's very personal as well. You might have, you might, okay, or I might give somebody my reversal system, um, certain rules, but then you still have. The ability to manage the size of your stops or the size of your your take profit targets in a way that uh, works with your mindset, how long you would like to stay in a trade, or the size of your stop loss, how much uh, of the win rate are you willing to um, yeah, to reduce, based on tight or wide stops? Mm. How do you how do you deal with that? You mean
1: you mean how I choose my stops? No, Basically, do you no.
0: prefer to have like a high uh, like a high wi- uh, reward to risk ratio system, mm. or do you like uh, wide stops and a higher win rate or do you use tight stops and then get taken out a few times? Yeah for, for me like in the beginning
1: mm-hmm. I was all for high risk reward ratio and uh, low win rate but as I grew as a trader I realized that um, I want my equity curve to be much less volatile and I, I don't want to have like these explosions and then drawdown and explosion and drawdown So I couldn't deal with that anymore. And um, I changed more and more to um, moving my stops to places where um, not all traders put their stops. So for buying the dips or buying the pullbacks, a lot of traders, they just put their stop loss behind the high or behind the low. And that just didn't work for me anymore because I was getting stopped out too often. So I started to use other methods to place my stops. And my win rate improved significantly. My risk reward ratio went down. On average, uh, I'm now at uh, roughly 1.8 to one risk reward ratio with a 60% 62% win rate, which is like an ATM, a personal ATM. <laughs> but uh, I have much less drawdowns. And I also figured out that if I have less volatility in my equity curve, I can. Uh, risk more on every single trade because you know the drawdowns won't hurt me as much so overall i would say a high win rate low risk rewards uh, not super low like one somewhere between one to one and one two to one is my ideal risk reward ratio and uh, win rate somewhere between 50 to 60 percent that's for me the ideal trading system because it gives me the perfect drawdowns it gives me less volatility, I can risk a lot on certain AAA trades, and it gives me overall the best comfort. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I asked a question because we did a a little seminar in Singapore a few months back, and you said um, you can reduce the need for accuracy with a wider stop loss. So you don't need to be as accurate with your trading. Uh, if you have a wider stop loss and that really uh, it really made a lot of sense and yeah that's what i want to hear yeah
1: (laughs) and also the timing becomes less important so I i was always placing a lot of emphasis on timing like now when i see a setup timing is still important but if i get into the trade and it starts ranging for a few hours i don't start sweating bullets i just wait until it goes into my Profit target. Yeah, so I, was,
0: I was, there's a, uh, his yeah. computer's there and he put on a trade and I was walking by it in the morning and then I said, you're not going to manage this because it was going all over the place and said, no, 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 just, just let it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm much more active yeah. and my stops are also much tighter. So I think that's it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. To each their own.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and those goats are having a party.
0: Yeah, you still hear our goats, they're yeah. still there, obviously. <laughs>
1: All right, last question for you. Uh, what's your final goal in trading? Like, what do you want?
0: What's the ultimate goal you want to reach in trading? Um, so, let's be honest. For me, it's only about making money, yeah. um, and that's that's the truth. It's the way it is. Uh, it's only about money, and I think that also might be a problem because then there's the question: when is it enough? And obviously, it's <laughs> never enough. Um, but you also never have enough fame. If you are hunting something,
1: then when is it ever enough?
0: Yeah, and I just come to realize, like, looking back five years ago, um, if someone would have told me, okay, your life is going to be like this, and they would have described how it is today, I would have said, okay, then I'm ready to retire and just do nothing anymore. But you slowly grow into it, uh, so Mm -hmm. it becomes normal in a way, and it doesn't feel, it feels good. But you always have to remind yourself, okay, four years ago, this would have seemed absolutely insane. Mm. Um, so you have to force yourself to appreciate it. But this feeling goes away quite quickly. And what you, what you thought is mega luxury is then your, your new default, your new standard. Yeah. So I think that is something that it's quite hard to deal with because that also means that it's never enough. So it will be interesting um, to see where this goes, and I absolutely have no idea. Um, I just, but I also came to realize that for me, it's all about uh, growing and yes, I do have goals, but the biggest goal for me is to always keep growing, becoming better, not only trading, but in many, many things. And that's also what makes me happy Uh, when I work on myself on certain things and I see improvements. That's that's the thing that I came to realize, okay, that's really that's what makes me happy, that's my goal. Um, so my goal is growing and always becoming better. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, yeah, cool. That's like, for me also, like when, when I reach a certain level of um, trading success, I stay there for maybe six, seven months and just execute my strategy and then I feel like, okay, what's next, but I cannot really tell you where I will be in 10 years or 20 years, but I certainly know that it will be a much higher level than where I am right now. Yeah. Because in the end, it's all about the process. Yeah. That's also why it's never enough.
0: <laughs> so you don't have to plan to retire at a certain point?
1: No, never. <laughs> yeah. like I, I would probably just go crazy.
0: Uh, yeah. And we talked about this like they, or a few weeks back and we, we said that there are certain people who have their life goal is to retire early, but I think that those people, if, you, if, you, if your life goal is to lay around at a beach and do nothing, then really? you probably don't have the mindset to get there in the first place. Uh, yeah, so those are the people really that, that make a difference. Like Elon Musk doesn't have to work, Warren Buffett certainly doesn't have to work the rock doesn't have to work and all of those guys, but you could also not imagine that they just quit now and lay at the beach all day and just uh, drink pina colada. Exactly. Yeah, you need <laughs> to have this crazy mindset, I think, that retirement is not even not even an option.
1: There are these people like, I, I don't remember who said that, but there are these people, if you put them in the forest, they will just start chopping wood until the forest disappears. So. There are some people that just always work. That's just how they are. And even if you are not like this, when you are maybe in your twenties, you can learn this growth mindset absolutely, and just grow into it and become like these people. If you truly want to achieve something remarkable in your life.
0: Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was a student, I was working in a car car rental company, and I was always going for the night shift um, because. I could use the time um, to, to do my university studies, to focus on trading, and just do productive things so I could earn money with uh, getting paid 9 to 5, but I could also work on other things. And nowadays I often see those people too, they work in those, er- or those, those professions where you have so much free time, but those people then, I, I see them on their phone, yeah. YouTubing <laughs> or whatever, And I always think, man, that's crazy. You're wasting so much time. You're getting paid already. You could use this time, getting paid and learn something. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why it is the way it is. Some people go to places and others don't. And if you're young, uh, really try to cultivate this idea or this growth mindset and always reinvesting in yourself. I think that's important.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you said that because when I was a poker player, I always thought like, okay, if I cannot make the the money I need with poker I will just become a night guard and then play poker during the night (laughs) so (laughs) because like come on if you look at the night guard of most of them they are sleeping on their desks the night shifts so might as well do something useful
0: yeah
1: (laughs) all right I think that's it that's a wrap that was fun so yeah if you like the format then let us know if you don't like it um, go somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) all right see you in the next one bye bye take care